some things happen. Every holiday season without fail. As the song says, the holidays bring parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. Every year, about this time, we pack away our fall decorations and we reach in the attic for Christmas. We replace our pumpkin harvest-scented candles with ones that smell like mistletoe and evergreen. Some of you may wait a few weeks before you deck your own halls, but like me, some of you started thinking about it a while ago. Perhaps when the first catalog arrived in your mailbox in the fall. If you received this or similar mailings, you know the majority of a fall catalog is Halloween and Thanksgiving. But towards the end, there's just a little bit of Christmas. There are a few ornaments and a few trees tucked on those last pages. It's the marketing professional's way of telling us it's coming. Christmas is coming. Then they send another catalog and another, and they start coming quickly and more quickly. And before the end of November, it's like there's one every single day. The pages, they're filled with trees and presents, and candles, and garland, and each page is prettier than the next. Prepare, it seems to say, prepare your home for the holiday. Surely you know what I'm talking about, right? You've seen these catalogs, you've gotten them, you've received them at your home, you've been shopping. If you have not, let me tell you, the pages are glossy, and the lighting is exactly right. The room is perfect. And if there were people in the room, and there are not because they might touch something, but if there were people in the room, <laughs> you get the impression the people would be perfect. They would be the happiest people you've ever met, attending the most beautiful party you can even imagine. You can almost smell the Christmas cookies. You can almost hear the music playing in the background reminding you this is the most wonderful time of the year. So prepare your home for the holiday. It all seems to tell us. Recently, at the strong encouraging of our children, we attempted to do exactly that. But when we reached into the attic, we remembered that our Christmas tree did not make the move. It was old, and most of the lights were burnt out, so we had to string extra lights around the tree and the top was sort of bent. So before we moved, we trashed it, which meant that we had to venture out on a Friday in season traffic. And while we were out trying to get a new one, I wandered into the store I'd never heard of. It was like a coastal living cousin of Pottery Barn or something, because everywhere I looked, there were palm trees wrapped in lights. They're flamingos wearing Santa hats. There was a picture of Santa on the beach saying, let it snow somewhere else. <laughs> prepare, it all seemed to say, prepare your Florida home for the holiday. In today's text, John beckons us to prepare, but in a different sort of way. John isn't concerned with 
wreaths on our front door or reindeer on our rooftop. Prepare, he says, for the coming Messiah. Prepare your heart so that when our Savior looks for a place to be born and lodge and dwell among us, you will be ready. Repent, he says. Every year during Advent, John the Baptist shows up and he shouts at us about repent, repentance. Repent, he says. The prayer of confession, he stands in the wilderness and he looks at our Santa Claus and our long list of things to buy for people who don't even need our presence and he says, repent, turn around, change your ways, ready your heart for the one who is coming. It's harsh. But the first Sunday of Advent always brings John, always shouting about repentance, which in the Greek means to change. At first glance, it might seem like John's approach could use a little work because as a preacher, I've noticed that it's important to try to say things in a way that people can hear them. And I've noticed that it's best to not ever call the people names. And he shouts at his people. Did you notice what he called the people? He calls them, you brood of vipers, he says. You brood of vipers. Here's the thing, though. It's a pretty good image when you think about it. Because when someone challenges us or nudges us, or disturbs us, suggests that we repent, change, change our ways, we get defensive, strike, hiss, spit, like a brood of vipers, yes? John doesn't seem to care that his words elicit such a reaction from the people because he's still got locusts stuck in between his teeth when he's shouting. (laughs) Prepare, he shouts. Repent. Another preacher says he's like the Doberman pincher of the Advent season. He appears right at the beginning when our defenses are not up and we're still adjusting to the soft glow of the Christmas tree. He wants to make sure none of us wander into the season without being aware that anyone who cannot handle him is not ready for the one who comes after him. John's judgment precedes Jesus' grace. They go together because, well, those who know nothing of judgment need nothing of grace. John preached repentance the way most of us were taught repentance. Well, some of us were taught that it means owning up to how rotten we are. Right? It means saying out loud how terrible we are. We associate repentance with like not being enough, not measuring up, and all these feelings of guilt and feeling terrible. But what if that isn't it at all? Because feeling bad is pretty easy. And contrary to what we might have been taught, that's not what repentance is about. Repentance is about change. 
today on this first Sunday of Advent, John's tone is less than joyful. But I submit to you that repentance is exactly that. Repentance means confession, like putting down our burdens, letting down our defenses, being willing to change, to change our direction, our commitment. Repentance leads to joy and freedom and peace. Do you know who was coming to be baptized by John? The ones who knew they needed forgiveness. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free from our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. So what would it look like if part of our preparation for this holy season involved confession. Like the laying down of our burden. I don't know what your burden is. I don't know what it is you need to confess. Put down. Maybe it's something that you did a long time ago for which you are still carrying shame. Or maybe it's something that you did that you wish you could undo. Or maybe you think your sin is nothing, which might mean that it is pride. I'm not a priest, so I don't need to hear everyone's personal confession, but everyone needs to hear this assurance of pardon. Whatever it is, Whatever you've called to mind, there is no burden too heavy. There is no valley of regret so low. There is no ego too grand for God. There is absolutely nothing about you or me that is beyond God's capacity to redeem, God's power to change. Here this Advent season, no one is going to call you a brood of vipers. But we are all invited to repent, prepare, prepare for this holy season, not by pretending that our homes and our lives, that we are perfect, but by confessing all that is not. Prepare your heart with the daily discipline of confession to sweep away hate. Prepare your heart by engaging in service that'll scrub away envy and greed. Prepare your heart by reading scripture that'll clear out fear. Prepare, make room for God to do something new in you, in us. What would it look like if we prepared our hearts with the same energy and intentionality that we prepare our homes? Prepare, John says, repent, 
Friends, ready your heart for the one who is coming. Amen.